2: Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini soda. We dig into things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry,
0: and I'm Mary Beth. And this week, we're talking about a period horror film with werewolves, uh, an action <laughs> franchise watch, the best multiverse movie, and Ooh. assassin folk horror.
2: Assassin folk horror. <laughs> I mean, uh.
0: am I wrong, bro?
2: <laughs> no, you are not. As as I said before recording, that is like the perfect distillation of that of that movie. It's in true. Three words. Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's start with this period history wh- horror werewolf whatever it is. I am so, dying to hear about this one.
0: Okay. So, this is funny because Steve asked me to watch this, which like, he's a horror person, like not as much as I am. But that's, you know, and you know, he saw it, he saw something about it. And he was like, this looks like Bloodborne the movie, we have to watch it. And I was like, I've heard insane things about this. So I'm very excited to watch this with you. Like, I've heard things and I was like, fuck yeah, like, why not? It's the guy who did um, Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. The Silent Hill remake. And I was like, well, I fucking love that movie. So let's see. It is two and a half hours. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It is three different movies in one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty racist.
2: (laughs) Did you see what it is?
0: (laughs) Oh my God, I did. (laughs) I got so excited to talk about it. (laughs) Talk about about Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yes. Jesus Christ, I cannot fucking (laughs) believe (laughs) it. we do that so often oh, I both know. of us it's so I... funny i'm like as often as we fucking do this it's like we just f- forget that we're we, so excited oh, to talk
2: about the movie <laughs>
0: um but this is brotherhood of the wolf from 2001 <laughs> by christoph gans who i said directed the silent hill reboot um this is
2: <sighs> so you said so, it's a okay. little racist uh,
0: yeah, so let me set the scene a little mm-hmm. bit. So this takes place in 19th century France, and when I tell you this is about French aristocracy, the outfits <laughs> are fucking and the wigs, like the costume design and the like the set design are incredible. Like it is so over the top, campy, and it's it's incredible. So it takes place in in 18th century France where a knight and his in the description native American friend Manny are sent by the king to um the Gavadon provin- uh, province to investigate the killings of hundreds by a mysterious beast. And this is actually based on a true story. True story. The Beast of, of Gavadon was a real thing that happened and it's an unsolved mystery like something mm-hmm. killed hundreds of people in france in the 18th century and so this is kind of like a historical retelling of what it was and what it was was not what i expected um i thought it was a werewolf movie uh sorry everyone spoilers it's not a werewolf movie. oh it's not
2: <laughs> it's
0: not a werewolf movie. <laughs> oh we're just so i will say it is incredible how they 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 make it feel like a werewolf movie when it's not actually a werewolf movie. But um, Manny plays an indigenous person who also knows martial arts. This is a martial arts movie. Uh-huh, also, I didn't know that. And there's like extended sequences of um, Manny, who is played by Mark De <laughs> um Mark DeCascos was in like John Wick three. Um, oh, okay. He hosts like, MasterChef. <laughs> he's in a bunch. What? He's in Cradle to the Grave. Yeah, he's like in a bunch. It's like wild, but he's like a martial arts person. So they have him in a 18th century period horror film doing martial arts and like these slow mo action scenes.
2: Oh, Iron and- Chef!
0: Iron Chef. jeez I'm
2: I was like, I watch MasterChef, and I, this guy does not look familiar to me. Nope, sorry.
0: <laughs> Getting it all the same. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, But, yeah, it's <sighs> – I applaud it for what it's doing, but it does not <laughs> land for me in the way that I think it lands for a lot of people. Yeah. I really, I, I enjoyed, it was a great experience, but I just think it's so, un like, it's so disjointed in its storytelling. And, like, they never, they, like, barely explain anything. In two and a half hours, they do not explain who an entire group of people are <laughs> and what the fuck is happening until the last one minute of the movie. It is two and a half hours long. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting mad. (laughs) But Steve and I were looking at each other and I was like, did I miss something? He's like, I do not know who these people are. This is two hours in and we do not know who this group of people are.
2: Amazing! <laughs> it's
0: incredible. And Monica Bellucci plays like
2: oh, I forgot she was in it.
0: She, I'm obsessed with her. Like she is so fucking hot, and she's like so good at playing the sultry character. Uh-huh. And she's always sexualized in movies, which I feel bad. Like I feel bad that that's her role, but like she's so good at it, and she's so sultry. And she's in this movie in the fucking weirdest outfits I've ever seen. And um, she plays a sex worker who's actually a monster hunter. Um.
2: Wow. Babes, this movie's incredible.
0: And it's, it's, but like, it's incredible in all the twists and turns. It's like, you're glad you experienced it, but like, it didn't, it
2: doesn't match. Oh, it also has Jeremy Renier, who we saw recently in, um, Double Lover as Paul and Louis. Oh
0: my God, that's right. And, um, Vincent Cassell is in this
2: too. Yes. Wild.
0: He wears a lot of, he has like Gaston hair. <laughs> From Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. It's like, everyone has a mullet. It's incredible. It's just like, it's a, I'm not, I think, I think it's worth watching. Mm. While it doesn't always work, it is like such a fucking swing for the fences that I appreciate like everything it's trying to do. Like, this movie probably shouldn't have been made. Like, it makes no sense. But it's really cool that it was made, despite it making no sense. And there's some really cool action sequences. And costume design. So, I I recommend it. Anyway. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking insane, but good for him. Um, (laughs) What is this? uh, Sorry, going from period werewolf, not werewolf horror. What is this action franchise
2: (laughs) watch? Okay. So last week I talked about Blood, Sweat, and Chrome. uh, The the wild and true Mm -hmm. story of Mad Max Fury Road. And so I was like... On a trip, I was like, I need to watch these Mad Max movies, because I've only ever seen Fury Road.
0: Me too. I saw that you were doing rewatch and letterboxed, so I was like, oh. So I
2: bought all four of them on Ultra HD, and...
0: Wow.
2: I spent Friday night and Saturday night watching Mad Max, Mad Max the Road Warrior, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and then Fury Road. And... (gasps) That sounds incredible. It was incredible. And you know what? Each movie is actually quite good in in particular ways. Uh, I mean, I'll talk about the third one uh, because that one's a, a mess. But so Mad the <laughs> original Mad Max. It, OK, what surprised me about it, watching him going from it is how like over time it feels like the apocalypse is or the post apocalypse is like just getting worse and worse. Because like the mm-hmm. first one kind of feels like it could almost be right now in a way it's there's just like a lot of there's like cops and there's like people racing on the road and doing horrible things. And the cops are almost vigilante trying to track them down. Someone gets out because of justice, not being served and Mad Max goes like, after them and then kind of doesn't and then spoiler alert, but i mean if you've seen if you know anything about these movies his wife and kid are murdered by the the motorcycle gang and that is like the breaking point and that's when he just goes off in town and the first movie is like ground more grounded and pure car exploitation like it came out in 1979 and it feels of that era uh, it feels like it's okay. pure car exploitation exp- exploitation of like fantastic stunts crazy stuntmen doing wild and insane stunts and just Violence and car love, and it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was yeah. fun, maybe not right the wor- right word, but it was definitely felt like it kind of felt like the movie that I think Quentin Tarantino was going for with his uh, what was that one called that he did with uh, Robert uh, Rodriguez?
0: Death Proof,
2: yeah, Death Proof. Like I could see yeah. hints of this in that movie, and then the Road okay. Warrior, which um, I'm just gonna go through most of these just briefly, but okay. the Road Warrior came out in 1981. As okay. a sequel, and it embraces like early '80s punk aesthetic meets gay club. Love that the villains all look like they're heading to like a fetish club or some wild punk show or an orgy or all three. You don't really know. The night, you, the night is young. The, the night, night is long. young. <laughs> they have like, what kills me is they have names like what is the the killer's name? They're the big guy. His name is the Humongous, and he is sick. Um, this guy that is wearing like. A leather bondage outfit, almost here. I'm gonna put a, the IMDb I'm page for scrolling him. Scrolling
0: through, yeah, I'm scrolling through
2: with like a Jason oh, mask.
0: Okay, I see. I can definitely see like Fury Road and Mad Max
2: too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would say that uh Fury Road definitely mm-hmm. is pulling. Wow, we cannot see shit. Uh-huh. Uh. Oh yeah, that's that's the humongous. He's wearing Good a Jason Lord. mask with like fucking. Bondage, leather bondage. Looks okay, like he's
0: about to beat the shit out of someone, but like in a sexy way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and oh what, my God, okay, so wait. What...
0: I'm so sorry, but look at that butt.
2: Oh, I know. I know.
0: I'll post these. Fo- I'll post these photos on Twitter. <laughs> like we could edit this out, but I need everyone to see this photo. So I'm not gonna like we're. Well, Terry, you're editing, so I guess it's kind of up to you. <laughs>
2: but oh, I'm keeping tweet- this in.
0: <laughs> because it's so fun. It's got people running from fire that's like shooting down. Plus this guy and like. Fucking hot pants with his ass cheeks hanging out in bondage mm-hmm. gear. It's incredible. It's mm-hmm. the best thing I've ever seen.
2: Well, and what surprised me about these first two movies in particular is that, um, yeah, they're on the, the villain side. But, like, they have relationships that are seem queer. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and no one questions it. Like, at one point um, in in The Road Warrior, uh, one of the villains is lover, question mark, I guess, sort of. I'm not really 100% sure the, the dynamics between them. but like he gets killed and he is very upset. And so the man, the humongous says, we've all lost someone we love. You'll get your revenge. And so like, there's, there's aspects of it that is like embracing sort of a queer aesthetic and also maybe queer love in a way that does not feel judgmental uh, outside of the fact that they're on the villain side, but like no one questions it. It's not like a thing. And I love that.
0: feels very fist of the North star. Have you ever watched fist of the North star? Mm
2: -hmm. Okay.
0: It's, um, It's anime. Oh, okay. But it's like, it's got a lot of, uh, hold on, what did it come out before I say anything? Because it was a manga, 1983 to 1988, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe George Miller pulled a little bit from it, because it's like post-apocalyptic, people driving a lot of cars and shit and like fighting Mm. each other, and it's got like homoerotic undertones. They're all wearing like bondage gear and fighting each other and like all muscly and shit. So it's very... I like Fist of the North Star, but it's wild. But it's wait, when did it come out? Nineteen. It's a it's um an anime series that came out in the eighties.
2: Okay, because this one came out in eighty one.
0: Oh my god, I I am unable to um, understand dates and times. <laughs> uh, so uh, reverse what the fuck I just said. And that Fist of the North Star was definitely playing for Mad Max 2. There we go. There That's you go. what I meant to say.
2: I love that. <laughs> Okay, but then we get to Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which okay, is Okay,
0: so this is the one I have partially seen. And by partially seen, I mean just been like what in the fuck is happening?
2: That is what I asked during this movie. Of of the four movies, this one is kind of a miss in a lot of ways. Um okay. so it's it was released in 1985 and boy, let me tell you. It opens with a Tina Turner song. It's like <laughs> that's mid-80s.
0: Right. It's that's Tina Turner. I forgot. Yes. It was Tina Turner.
2: Yes, she, and the mid 80s is just flooding over me with this opening. And there's this really cool overhead shot where like, the, and it definitely feels like he uh, like was taking from this when he did Fury Road, which is really cool oh, oh, um, overhead shot that is like zooming over a desert. And it just the camera just zooms over camels and it turns out that that camera is like a gyrocopter and he's like oh, attacking Mad Max yeah. and it's just really okay. kind of cool thing. And Mad Max in this one has Braveheart hair. It's Mel Gibson in a Braveheart hair wig and it's horrible and it looks so terrible.
0: Oh wow. That really is terrible. It's like mul; It's a
2: full mullet. It's so bad.
0: <laughs> what in the fuck is this?
2: Wow. But okay. So Tina Turner is the villain and the first part of this movie is like, fantastic it's like they're at this town this town is being run literally on shit that is produced by pigs and there is this um the the person that is running it his name well it's two people it's uh master and blaster (laughs) sorry
0: that was not good on the ears for anybody (laughs) i apologize
2: yeah, so there's Master and Bla the Master and Blaster. Master Blaster. And the Master is um a little person played by Angelo Rosito, who, funny enough, was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh. Huh. Yeah, in like 1908. And he was in a bunch of um I think he was in Freaks. Um he was in yes. um a, Lon- a couple of couple Chaney movies. So Ooh, like he, he got was st- in
0: um he was apparently in something wicked, This way comes.
2: Oh. Oh, okay. According to Letterboxd. Um, So he plays the master, and he literally rides on the back of this hulking brute called the Blaster. And so together they're Master Blaster, and they run the Undercity (laughs) that is, like, run on pig shit. And Mad Max has to go, like, kill the Blaster because Queen Tina Turner is, like no, I'm running this town, not not the people down below. And so it's like this class warfare thing going on about the people working mm. in shit and the literal, they're like literal in some ways slaves and like slave labor is working to build this, this city that she is running literally above, perched above everything. So there's definitely like a class dynamic thing going on here. And then it leaves that and it turns into like the Lost Boys where Mel Gibson's Mad Max becomes like the savior to a bunch of kids who lost all their families in a plane crash and have just lived in a little oasis i don't know it's really bizarre what what did you just say to me <laughs> i know right right but i mean tina turner is queen she literally has someone that plays mood setting music at one point when max is gonna tell the story she's like hey you need to play something more more sad and so he t- starts playing a saxophone as like a sad tune. like she has mood setting wow. music someone to play for her that's and that's amazing! Wow, wow! And then we get to Fury Road, and y'all, just the best. I, I can't really say anything. It's perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect it movie. It is a perfect movie. Um, I watched it, and I was just as amazed at the stunt work. I'm just amazed at the colors, the the, the cinematography, the stunts, the everything. This is a movie that should not exist and it is obviously i mean it's the best of the mad max movies they they all p- pale in comparison to it and it's probably the best action movie i've ever seen so loved it but that's my that was my wild journey through the mad max world
0: that sounds incredible i really want to watch them now i recommend it yeah i recommend meaning it too so this is going to push me that way and i think
2: steve wants to watch them too so and you you said you'd never seen
0: i've never i've only except seen for fury. fury road mm-hmm. imagine if i hadn't seen fury road
2: <laughs> we'd be stopping this recording and there'd be no little cuts this week. Cause that'd be like, no, we're no. watching it.
0: <laughs> it's like that. And the thing are the moves we put on all the time. <laughs> such a good movie yeah god it's so good sorry. i know it's so
2: good and i <laughs> i actually thinking
0: about fury road i'm just like fuck i want to go watch that right I, now
2: <laughs> girl i had i don't think it's been years since i've since i've seen it and i really? sat down to watch it yeah it's not i don't know why i don't i don't I guess i don't revisit movies a whole lot anymore that's but
0: fair i don't usually either but it's jesus that's ugh.
2: Ugh, but i'll tell sorry. you i was done and i was ready to start over from from that why? first from the opening because it just it's such a perfectly executed movie and my roommate cass had never seen Before and she was like,
0: (gasps) "Holy
2: shit!" No, this these were all new movies for her, (gasps) and she was just
0: wow. She watched it for the first. Oh, did you watch them all together? Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) You got to watch her experience Fury Road Uh for the first time. And hearing a bunch of like, "Holy (laughs) shit!" Congratulations! (laughs) What a beautiful moment.
2: I know it was so good. Oh, it was so good. Wow!
0: What I'm getting goosebumps.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I got goosebumps.
0: sounds (laughs) Sounds so fun. Wow.
2: Oh, oh, man.
0: Incredible.
2: <laughs> okay. Now, I, I know what this next movie is, but I, I cannot wait to hear about it. What is the best multiverse movie?
0: Uh, the best multiverse movie is Everything Everywhere mm. All at Once, from Daniels, starring Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Su and um Ki-Hu Kwan. They come together to create this beautiful family in a fucking crazy multiverse movie mm. where basically... Michelle Yeoh plays Evelyn, who is a, you know, she's an aging Chinese immigrant. She's living um, above a laundromat. She's trying to um, get through an audit. Um, and her husband is the sweetest guy, played by Ki uh, Quan, um, who is like the nicest guy ever. And she just like bowls him over. And then all of a sudden she becomes like entrapped in this multiverse situation. And it is... She has to help save the world from a villain and the villain is a very surprising villain and it has this like incredible emotional core to it. It's like an example of how you can make these like incredibly complicated multiverse movies without it being this like Marvel like million franchise. And it's all about a family. It's about a Chinese family. It's about the relationships between like mothers and daughters and Mm. also between husbands and wives. And it has so much going on in terms of what it's tackling for Evelyn in terms of investigating her own kind of, like, emotional issues. Because in every universe, she has – in almost every universe, she knows her husband in some way. So, like, they are never – and it's this really interesting look at, like, what she didn't bring to the marriage and appreciate and also what she doesn't appreciate with her daughter. Oh. Through an incredible movie where she has, like, hot dog fingers and, like, (laughs) there's butt plugs and, like – Mish martial arts and it's just like this beautiful film that's so ridiculous and it is the most incredible experience I've ever had. Like it, I w- was so fun. I went to the Alamo Draft House for the first time. I was eating pizza and mozzarella sticks. On top of this, so it was a great, like, that just enhanced my
2: experience. I gotta ask, how was, how was the Alamo Draft House? It's
0: really, so it's brand new in DC, like, it just opened a couple months ago, and it was really, it was really nice. Our service was weird, but it, it was, like, just, mm-hmm. like, a misunderstanding, but, like, the seats were amazing, the food was really good when we got it, like, it was just so fun, like, it's expensive, though, like, who, it's a, it's a, it's a big night out, though, and you go. <laughs> it's not cheap, but... It's worth it cuz it's like a, just like a fun dinner and a movie. But it's just so incredibly done. It's so unique. Michelle Yeoh is an incredible actress. Like mm. she's amazing and it's really amazing to see movies about older people played by older people and taking them seriously as human beings as like complicated flawed people and also a woman who's a total it was like not a total mess but like kind of an emotional mess right and she's not like always the most likable person and that's incredible and but also has all these weird like it's just incredible what they're able to accomplish like the balance they're able to accomplish with this movie and i know that it's like staggering its release so it might not be out It's actually supposed to be opening up wider this week as of today, I think, on Friday. It's opening wider. Ew, that's disgusting that I just said that. Um, It opens across the country. Uh, Oh,
1: my Uh. God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was even going to run with it until you said that. And then I was like, oh, wait.
0: like oh i can't that was that was weird that was a weird thing to say (laughs) like it makes sense it's just terrible phrasing um but hopefully it'll be at more theaters near people because like this is the kind of movie that i am like absolutely stoked that it has like a theatrical release like i know it's still Mm -hmm. a weird time to go to theaters if you don't feel safe like i totally get that but like This is an incredible example of like a really cool theatrical release that people took a chance on and it's so good. So I'm hoping more people see it. Like it was pretty crowded when I saw it and like the whole weekend it was packed for getting seats for for the movie and like multiple and there had multiple theaters playing it so i'm ex- i'm excited that this kind of movie is getting so much attention like that just makes me so excited about like movies and what people are going to watch and what kind of pe- like voices are going to be shared and it's just kind of cool it's just it's it's heartwarming hell yeah yeah i can't
2: wait to see it
0: yeah it's um it's something special so it's two and a half hours long but that's fine I, didn't realize I did it's not realize it, first. Not. it was two and a half hours long, but it like it f- does not feel two and a half hours long and it fills that time well, I think. so. Awesome. Yeah, but um, <laughs> shift in the narrative to something pretty damn <laughs> fucked up. Uh, Assassin Folk Horror. What is the folk horror that we watched
2: this <laughs> week, Terry? I just yawned. I made you yawn, too. Yeah, it It's like, been a long week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, we wa- <laughs> We watched uh, Kill List, uh, Ben Wheatley, Ben Wheatley's Kill List, and um, I have seen this, this is the second time I've watched it, I saw it, I don't know, maybe four years ago, four or five years ago, for the first time, after everyone had been talking about it, I think it might have been a Shockwaves recommendation, and so I, I had watched it. I think Elric Kane is really enamored with it. It
0: tw- came out in 2011. I just wanted to. I was like, what the? F- this came out a while, like not a while, ago. a long ago, time
2: ago, like ten years, ago. Year- eleven years ago.
0: I cannot believe 2011 was eleven years
2: ago. I know, right? Uh, yeah. So it's um, it's about these two friends uh, and a marriage. Like the main character Jay is married to. Uh, funny enough shell who is played uh by mayana burring who was in the descent
0: yes that's okay i was trying to fucking remember i was like i know this face
2: (laughs) she was sam in the descent and also callie in doomsday so and also tanya in twilight saga breaking dawn (laughs) that's fucking hysterical good for her um but yeah so so (laughs) jay and shell have a whole horrible marriage they are just like it seems like they are disintegrating in front of their poor kid who's watching this all happen and they go from being lovey-dovey to like literally yelling and and just upending tables and being horrible to each other meanwhile jay's friend gal played by michael smiley Ugh, which
0: i am fucking obsessed with michael smiley i'm gonna say something very controversial and very brave i think okay. he's really attractive okay but i do too Oh my gosh! Yes! Oh my god, wow, a safe space. <laughs> he,
2: he has charisma. I think he that's has
0: such a good vibe. Even when he's and, playing oh, awesome. but like he's uh, got such a good vibe. It's not like this like droop kind of cute little droopy look.
2: I mean he's unconventional, but I like so- there's something very oh. endearing and and yes, hot about him. I, I will I am on board with this Michael. Schmeichel? The Michael smiley love. I'm here Schmeichel? for it. The Schmeichel. But yeah, so like it turns out as you start to learn as you're watching the movie that uh that you know they used to be in the army together, and then that kind of transitioned to them being hitmen. And they're, you know, Gonna get out of it, but one more, one more, one more uh, contract. And...
0: Yeah, because he was going to, so he's once, Jay doesn't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. But he's out of money. So he's mm-hmm. like, come on, got you a job. And he's Dangling like. Dangling in front of him. And his what? they don't, his wife doesn't know. Okay, does, doesn't does she? She doesn't know.
2: She doesn't? Okay.
0: I'm, I, th- I'm like 90% sure she doesn't know. He lies about it. Because. Huh. She thinks he can go on disability and stuff and he can't because he's not, he wasn't like, that's how he had 40, like $40,000 and he doesn't work for eight months because his back, but it's because he can't tell her that he's not, he's not taking contracts anymore.
2: I'm like, okay, pretty so sure I'm, that's really, it. I'm really confused because at, at one point, like I believe that, but at one point I, when, when his like credit card gets declined, he's like yelling at her about like how this is the sort of thing that, that botches their job. And so like I was I was kind of confused about that point. And it also at the very end seems like she's been in on it the entire time. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like I thought that was the case, too. But then I'm like this. But they're awful cavalier about talking about how like, you know, the credit card was declined at the hotel and this is how you get caught.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember what job I like forgot, like what job she thinks he does. I don't know. I don't know. I cannot remember all of a sudden. And I just rewatched this movie. Um, anywho, they take the contract.
2: They sure do.
0: And uh, they're given three targets. The first one is the priest. The second one Librarian. Is the librarian. And then the third one is the MP or member of parliament. hmm And it's all very strange. It's got, like, weird vibes. And they are thanked for killing these people
2: and fiona who gal is dating carves a symbol in the back of the bathroom mirror that shows up
0: yep and they as like it gets like progressively worse and this ending is like the most this was one of the most upsetting horror endings i'd ever seen when i saw it like i was so disturbed by the end of this movie when i first watched it i was ruined i was like i can't do this Because you don't, you don't, when I first watched it, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mm. very, it's like when Fiona carves the symbol into the back of the mirror, like, obviously weird things are happening. But, like, it doesn't, it's so bizarre and off-putting, but it's not necessarily, like, you don't expect it to turn into this, like, cult. Human sacrifice situation.
2: The horror aspect is very subtle in the beginning, yeah. and I like the way that it just gets more and more so. And the same time as like their mission becomes more horrific. Like the librarian, oh, uh, librarian, yeah, the librarian is librarian. like making sickening, probably snuff films. He's like he has a collection of these sickening videos that I, I believe are snuff films, and there's just like horrible stuff that happens. But like you don't. I remember watching this and thinking. Why, is, why do people call this a horror movie? And then by the end of it, you're just sitting there like, what the absolute fuck? What the absolute fuck?
0: This is Ben Wheatley's best movie.
2: Oh. I'll say it. I mean, I'll, I, I'll say it. I'll it's agree, his best but movie. I think I've only seen two of his movies.
0: Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me pull up. Yeah,
2: I've seen Kill List and, and The Earth. I have not seen Sightseers, A Field in England, High Rise, Free Fire, Rebecca.
0: Oh, well, Rebecca was bad. Um... I haven't seen Field in England. I know that's close to Kill List in terms of...
2: Yeah, it's also four core, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's like a bunch of dudes in the 7th, like the 18th, 19th century do mushrooms in a field and like it get, get, gets nuts. I miss when he did weird shit like that, but...
2: I mean, I in like the In Earth, the Earth.
0: In the Earth was... Okay, that's true. I, I should give him more credit for that one. In the Earth was pretty good and very much a return to form for him, mm. which I was very excited about. Is also directing Meg Two.
2: <laughs> I know. I was just gonna say it. I am what? Like I'm so excited. It's excited gonna be so weird and confused. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that was,
0: I think it's a good choice, though. It's weird, and I think that's what you need for the Meg.
2: You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, you know, and it's supposedly Meg Two is being is being adapted from the book The Trench. Which oh, okay. I okay. Full disclosure. I have read every single one of the Meg Meg books.
0: Oh my god! Incredible.
2: They're not good, uh- but they're shark. They're shark books. And there was a time in Terry's life where I would find any book that had anything to do with sharks, and I would I would read it. Wow. And so I got sucked into the Meg. But I do think the Trench is actually quite good because it has like aspects that Terry loves. It's underwater. It's an in- underwater lab on the bottom of the ocean. That's like peak Terry right there. Anything that is in a lab underwater, Terry's here for. And so it's like, and I don't know why I'm just like talking third person, but here we are. It's, it's today.
0: I'm, I'm vibing with it. I like it. Keep going.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm really confused and excited that he is directing Meg 2.
0: I know. Back to the, back to Kill List. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorites, like one of my favorite horror movies and like not it's like a top maybe top like 20 but still i think it's an incredible movie that like really fucking pulls the rug out from under you and it still shocks me when i watch it now like i know oh yeah because like the first time i well the first time i watched it i watched it with my dad um it was like 2013 i don't know it was like pretty (laughs) soon after like a couple years after it came out he was like because this my dad and I were still talking. Well, obviously, when I, I lived with my dad at this point, and like we would watch a lot of horror movies, and he he would be on like bloody disgusting and stuff. Like he was up on horror news, which mm-hmm. was he like, oh, I heard about this really fucked up movie called Kill Us. Let's watch it. And I was like, hell yeah, I love fucked up movies. And so we put it on. He fucking hated it, and I loved it. I was like, but this is the problem with watching movies with my dad and his wife because they they make fun of things like if mm-hmm. they don't like it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, that was annoying. But the ending shut them up, which was
2: great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the so... thing that's that stood out to me this time though is the dinner. There's the dinner scene. Oh yes. And it is so incredibly awkward. And it's like just it just even before a movie gets horrifying, it that is a horrifying, a horrifying moment of them just like getting drunker and drunker and things that no one has been saying are now like coming to the surface. It's like oof.
0: Well, and like, I really love. I tweeted this before this started. I was like, Kill it. What did I tweet? I can't even fucking remember. It was. Kill is a masterpiece that uses folklore to examine both masculinity and the love between mm. two men who've met under violent circumstances. Mm-hmm. In this essay, I will. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> because, like, I. This time watching it was, like, really enamored with this representation oh, yeah. of, like, a brotherhood and friendship in, like, a very interesting way. And I admire that because like like, you know with horror it's it's not super common to see these kinds of complex male relationships that are friendships that are both like positive and terrible and it's so cool to see that and i think the two of them really play well together like they Mm -hmm. feel like friends like their chemistry is incredible so at the end when he has to fucking kill michael smiley it's like i can't do this it's terrible Oh, but the scene where they're running through the tunnels is like a top 10, like, make me shit oh, my so pants good. moment. Top it's 10 so good. shit my pants.
2: It's so good. Does so much with so little, and I just oh, love it.
0: This movie's fucking incredible.
2: It really is.
0: Like, this is a really random thought, but, like, if I, <laughs> I know, like, Ben movies are a lot of movies, and they're, like, not terrible, but they're not all great. But the fact that he made this movie should, like, just be an accomplishment enough for him. I'd be like, if I this happened to me, I'd be like, oh, cool, I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll make more movies, but I don't give a fuck about what they're right. like. I, kill this, so that's I made Kill List. I made
2: fucking Kill List. What have you <laughs> done?
0: <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, I don't have to make any more movies. Like, financially, maybe. But, like, personally, emotionally, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't need to do anything else for the rest of my life. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thought about that. <laughs> um... So, okay, so what are we watching for our next installment in folklore? I'm having a very good time watching folklore. Like, this is a very... I am too. It's so broad. I didn't realize how broad it could be. So it's really fun to talk about. Like It feels like it's a little bit more different than, like, Giallo, which gets kind of repetitive and things like that. It's kind of cool to have this. So... <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching next week for our continuation of folklore?
2: We are watching Lake of the Dead. Uh, it's a Norwegian film from 1958 and it was remade back in 2019 called Lake of the Dead, Lake of Death, which um, oh, okay. I believe it's a remake. It might also be kind of like a a, a requel in a way. but uh but yeah i'm really excited to watch this original we're watching the og so i'm really excited to watch this one from 1958 which i know i'm excited it sounds it sounds really interesting
0: yeah i'm excited and if you guys want to watch it it's on shutter
2: yeah absolutely uh but who are we talking to on monday
0: We are talking to Max Booth III, who is the writer of We Need to Do Something, which was adapted into a movie last year, and the upcoming book, "Maggots Screaming. And we are chatting with him about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, where Billy Zane is the sexiest he's ever been. And
2: Jada Pinkett's with us as a final girl. And we find out what "Maggots Screaming actually sounds like. We do.
0: It's an incredible revelation.
2: It was horrifying.
0: Yes, it is horrifying.
2: And everyone eat Rice Krispies again.
0: Oh, i know jesus christ so gross <laughs> um oh god jesus terry i forgot about that until just
2: <laughs> fuck you <laughs> what can i say except you're welcome oh my god wow what a good song
0: anyway okay Drugging guys you've Moana, heard, you, know. you guys have heard from us this incredibly chaotic episode um we <laughs> want to hear from you did you watch something that we watched this week do you have suggestions for things we should watch let us know. Send us an email. Scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter. I'm at MBMcAndrews.
2: And I love the way you're saying this, but I'm at gaily Dreadful.
0: <laughs> and, of course, follow the podcast at Scarred podcast on
2: Twitter. And throw out some reviews, some ratings. Make sure you're subscribed. On the American iTunes Store, we're at 92 ratings and reviews. Can we get that to 100? That would be amazing.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. Please? 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 I'm going I'm offering found footage recommendations for all. Reviews. All the time. So, the offer still stands. Um, but thank you to Eric Power for artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. Most importantly, stay creepy.
2: And until next time.